0: This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Ulcher.
1: Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. It's Steve Olsher hanging out with Richie Ote. What's up, Richie Ote?
2: What's happening? How Steve? are you, How my are you? brother?
1: White Way is holding it down in the studio. Hello, Sinor. Uh, c- uh, c- and Kelly's got it in control back at headquarters. Uh, Mary Goulet is off in the world doing her fun stuff. And uh, we will talk to Mary next week. But right now we are doing uh, one of my favorite segments of Reinvention Radio that we, we sometimes work into the mix, but not nearly enough now that we've been going in a much longer format with our guests. Because uh, when we sit down, and we interview, we got so much to talk about that we often just run straight through. And even in that case, an hour is not enough. So, uh, back in the day, we used to do a, a short segment, and this one won't actually be a short segment. We're going to get into a little more depth here, but we used to do a segment called the sound off. Um, what was the name before it was the sound off? It was the the, uh, rant. the rant. Yeah, very good. I did not remember that one. Um, did except, you start smoking weed again. I know, right? I know. We'll talk about that actually. Uh, but then we changed it to the sound off, and uh, we got a little topical there. Uh, for a couple years, we did that, and uh, and so just happy to bring it back here for a for a limited edition episode. So this this edition will only be uh, available for the next forty eight hours, and then it will explode and uh so you must consume it now which obviously you are so thank you for doing that all right so here on the sound off we cover a lot of ground from politics and business to life and i mean you name it we've covered it uh, and so what i really want to talk about is uh, a couple of things today number 1 uh you know you're an addict when <laughs> like how would you how would you complete that sentence like you know you're an addict when what? What would you say, Wade? You're, you're jumping uh, on your chair already over yeah, there. Yeah,
3: well, just you're, as you're doing something, you're going, why the hell am I
1: doing this? Why am I doing it? Interesting. So not the other uh, way around. Interesting. Right, just, you're
3: doing it, and you know you shouldn't be doing it or whatever, and you're still doing it, and you're going, okay, what the hell is motivating me to do this? Probably to fulfill the addiction.
1: Interesting. Okay. Richie, how would you say that you know you're an addict? How would you fulfill that? finish that sentence? You know an addict when? It's, inter-
2: it's interesting. I have something, and I'm not going to change it based on what Wade said, but it's <laughs> interesting because Wade specifically answered the question the way you asked the question, but not necessarily the way I think you wanted him <laughs> to answer it. And what I mean by that is he actually said, you know, i.e., you're self-aware that you are an addict now when you then say to yourself, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to answer it the way that I think you meant, All right. which is more, you know you're an addict when you're in the middle of doing something and you're already thinking about the next time
1: doing it. Ooh. All right, Kelly, you got you to text us and let us know how you would answer that question. You know you're an addict when. So I I... I have been kind of contemplating the answer to this question uh, because if you've been listening to Reinvention Radio for some time, you know that uh, I like my weed. And what's interesting is when I had my surgery about a year ago, its just just uh, less than that, about 11 months now or so, uh, when I had my surgery to have my cecum removed, which I didn't even know there was a cecum, but I had my cecum removed, which then got rid of my appendix and then had to reroute part of the intestine because part of that was moved because of some growth stuff that was going on there um when i came out of that surgery i had no desire to smoke weed like so i had been smoking weed pretty much nightly since i'm gonna say about 2012 so pretty much nightly since about 2012 never smoked during the day i was never a day smoker but i would smoke at night indica only uh to help me sleep you know just yeah i'd I'd sleep like a baby smoke sleep you know, and and knock out for the for the night. So, about I don't know about two weeks ago or so. So anyway, I, so after the surgery, I um, so I stopped. So I stopped for about three weeks, uh, and then I started smoking again. So, again, just nightly.
2: Okay.
1: And about two weeks ago, I had um, I don't know. I just had a a, a thought like eh, maybe I should just stop. You know, I was starting to think like. I know it's vaping, it's not smoke, but maybe there's still potentially some health risks involved, and maybe I should just stop smoking for a minute.
2: Right, like these so, smokeless cigarettes aren't Juul really... Yeah, and
1: all that stuff, right? They're great for you. Not. Exactly. By the way, Kelly says you know you're an addict when you're still having a smoke when you're coughing up a lung and coughing from a cold, but you're still smoking. So there you go. Um, and I totally get that. So, So about... Two or so odd weeks ago, I stopped smoking weed. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how it's not addictive and, you know, there's, there's no addictive properties to marijuana. You can stop at any time without withdrawals, without issues, without symptoms.
3: Yeah, scientifically, you, your body does not have a physiological reaction to cessation of THC.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so I can certainly confirm that is true that I have had no negative withdrawal-type symptoms. I haven't had anything uh, that would – like my body's not craving it, but –
2: The habit of doing it.
1: So there's the habit of doing it. And then my answer to you know you're an addict when – my answer to that would be you know you're an addict when you're counting the days since the last time you did whatever it was that you were doing on a consistent basis. So in other words...
2: Are we supposed to get you little pins?
1: Right. Like, hey, I know. Day. I know, my 30th day. Like, seriously, like, that's how I think you know when you're an addict. When, like, you're counting the days since you did whatever that activity was last. So, okay, I don't know. Interesting little experiment. Um, what? And, yes, sir. Well, and none place. of us are scientists. Yeah. None Just of us are scientists. Not by any stretch.
3: And yes. not knowing where you're taking this, I was going to take the pro-drug stance. Yes, please. But, uh... Um, I'll just nutshell it this way. Uh, if you have an addictive personality, it's not limited to drugs, mm-hmm. go see a psychologist, therapist, something, yeah. you know, you got issues beyond that. Um, number yeah. two, you know, uh, sorry for you if you react poorly to it, you know, half the population can't eat cilantro, right? So if you're one of those people that, wow, this really does push, push a chemical imbalance button, you know definitely mm-hmm. seek help. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, um, perhaps there are useful purposes for drugs. Um, they're finding the mushrooms help PTSD. Sure. Um, it was said in the past by probably, I think it was the Romans, um, you, major decisions have to be made both sober and drunk, mm. and it must make sense in both situations, <laughs> yeah. as well as they would use the drinking parties as a way to, that was how the elders could see the true personality mm-hmm. of the people under them, Yeah, right? It drops all barriers. So mm-hmm. as long as the elders weren't smashed out of their brain, they could use it as a interesting learning thing. Mm-hmm. And then I would say with the um, uh, deregulation or decriminalization of marijuana, and we're seeing a broader, implica- uh, broader usage of that, <clears throat> I would posit, We live in an artificially stressful environment, Mm -hmm. right? The world we live in isn't the way we lived 100,000 years ago, and just living here makes our brains explode. So perhaps there is a need for some kind of pressure release valve, and maybe that is a chemical substance, right? And so just to say, you know, maybe it's not all good, not all bad. If what you are doing feels right for you, yeah. you know, like you're talking, sometimes I smoke, sometimes I didn't, Yeah. do what's right for you, right? But, you know, acknowledge how this works in the bigger piece of the puzzle. And then I'm going to throw in a quick promotional plug. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are launching the wide world of weed, where a gentleman's going to talk about how marijuana has helped his health mm-hmm. and helped him lose weight because it has had, you know, a dramatic impact. So, it's a complicated situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Richie.
2: It just it this sparks the the thought of one word context. You know, it really just comes yeah. down to context. It yeah. It seems like it's and to go back to all our answers. It appears to me it's mostly patterns. Mm-hmm. So if you could be an addict and. Only drink at happy hour, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. But if you have to go to every happy hour, I just I feel as if when you're when you find yourself following a pattern, sure, you might
1: be you might be an addict, right?
2: You know, like whether it's I got to make every happy hour or whenever there's a problem with my wife, I go Mm -hmm. drink or whatever. Well, and certain things have
1: positive connotations too in society, but that doesn't mean that they're any better, right? I mean, like you could be like a fitness addict. Where like you go to the gym seven days a week, right? I mean like you just you you have to be there. You have to burn or the your five hundred calories or you or, or your exactly or your workaholic or whatever. I mean, like, my my wife likes her her wine, you know, not that she's an alcoholic, but you know, she has a, a glass or so every night with dinner and she just, you know, she likes her wine. So is that from a societal perspective? I think that we've made certain things right and we've made certain things wrong. I mean how is it any different like – and I will, I will say this, that sleep is a concern of mine. Like I need to have a good – if I don't sleep well, I am a dickhead. Like I am I not – I think
3: everybody's like that.
1: Eh, there are some people who can operate with less sleep than others, right? I, I need my, my 7, 10, 7, 20 solid every single night, right? That's fair. So I've been – and by the way, studies have shown that seven hours and ten minutes – is the ideal amount of sleep for you to operate at full capacity. Like, I don't know why they came up, but seven hours and ten minutes is, like, that number. But anyway, I've been taking melatonin. So I've been taking, you know, stop smoking, wanting to make sure I'm still sleeping, right? So I've been taking melatonin sometimes, one, one pill, sometimes two. How is that any better? How is that any worse? Like, isn't that just another... Vice, isn't that just another drug? Like your body produces a certain amount of melatonin, right? Why are we messing with that? Like isn't it, isn't it supposed to be just a certain amount of melatonin that your body and your brain naturally produces? And now here we are shoving all of this extra melatonin into us and, and often our kids. Like my kids sometimes take melatonin. Are we making them addicts to melatonin? And how is that any better or different or worse or not as bad as smoking weed? Belief. Belief. That's it.
2: I think it's just someone's belief. I mean, we talk about don't drink and drive, and yet most of middle America will watch a bunch of cars w- drive around in circles with alcohol ads all <laughs> over.
1: Them.
2: Like it just, it's just belief. NASCAR. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and, and Nothing against it. Right. Yeah. If I was in one, I would like to do it, but it seems rather boring just watching it to me. Right. But I'm sure there's tons of people obviously that like it, but, but you get what I'm saying? Like belief tends to be, so Trump says he doesn't drink. Like, I, I and to, didn't do drugs or anything like that, but mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. guarantee you that guy's all hyped up on legal stuff.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, Wait, you always scare me when you turn around. And you go to the computer because I know you're doing research. So, what, what did you find when you went over there to the computer?
3: All right, no, no, no? I, I, Sorry, all right. sorry. I just got <laughs> distracted juggling a bundle of things. But ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. T- to Rich's point, um, it's what culture decided was okay. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just to bring it back to a c- you know current topic. Marijuana versus beer alcohol, Yeah, right? They both can have negative uh, intoxicating effects, if you want to call it intoxicating effect negative. They all have all these issues, but for how many decades uh, was it perfectly... It was laughable to go get drunk, get in your car, and have to have the cops stop you and go, okay, but you're driving straight home now, mm-hmm. yet people were being thrown in prison for... 30 40 years because oh you had a joint mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. purely cultural assignation of good and bad values yeah
1: yeah and I, and I will say this I mean it's interesting that you even use that phraseology because it's like when you think about alcohol and you think about marijuana I mean to me like there it's not an intoxication like intoxication I mean toxic in and of itself obviously is you know it has negative connotations by definition and In,
3: interestingly it's about the only drug that's categorized not as an a stimulant or depressant but as a euphoric
1: well see and that and that's exactly it right i mean intoxication toxic by definition has it is a negative word it is something that is harmful to you either on a physiological or on a physical or i mean emotional whatever you want to call it basis right so Reality is, if you become intoxicated, then it, it seems as though you actually close down, right, and things become in a, in a more dangerous state, so to speak. Whereas I always felt like marijuana was the whatever the opposite of intoxication is—you know, euphoria, opening you up, those making you more aware, making you more. Uh, prone to uh, be open to different ideas, different ways of thinking, etc. It, it, it like whereas alcohol kind of shuts you down and closes you up, I always felt like marijuana and THC kind of opens you up, right? So I don't know. It's just it, it's an it's an interesting discussion, especially as I'm uh, I'm a couple of weeks, like I said, out now. Does that
2: mean you're an addict? You're counting the days.
1: I'm counting the days, hmm. right? So I need like the 14 day pin now or whatever it is. Um, but it, it's just to me the, the question that we really need to be asking is you know as we look at these these vices you know the 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 sort of the unilateral categorization of these different consumables whether it's again a, a melatonin or an alcohol or a marijuana or whatever that I mean I just think we need to evolve From a societal standpoint and and look at these crutches or vices or enhancers, you know, really for for what they are. So it's just it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks.
3: Well, yeah, to to throw in Rich's deal of context, we need to destigmatize things Mm -hmm. and look at actions, reactions and outcomes. Mm -hmm. Right. Massage is great massage makes you feel good so I'm gonna steal all my family's rent money and food money so I can have two massages every day but that's not I'm not addicted to anything that's not a problem because it's just massage
1: yeah they would just look at you a little bit funny you did what <laughs> right I don't think that they, like if you stole it like to go buy crack like that's a problem you <laughs> right. stole our rent money to buy crack you know that that's an issue you got a massage i Okay, but it's still an
3: issue. It's just it's that we go, issue. oh, yeah, all right.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. And you know, look, re- reality for me is when I when I stopped smoking weed. Part of why I wanted to stop also was because I, I didn't know if I was if I was imagining feeling foggy and I was not remembering as much as I perhaps should, or if it's just a, a, a matter of just getting old and not sleep. I mean, I'll be, you know, I'll be 50 this year, right? So it's not unusual for people to become more forgetful as they age. I mean, that's just kind of normal, right? It's early onset dementia, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But but also I wanted to just see, you know, from a, from a fogginess standpoint, I actually, so we've got the New Media Summit coming up in February. And part of my Challenge with every new media summit is coming up with really good content for the summit to be able to teach, right? And so, creating those slides and and, uh, and material and so on to be able to teach for three days. I mean, it's it's a pretty exhaustive process, and so I had found myself struggling a bit to focus and being able to get those slides done. And I don't like rushing into things. Although I do what's that theory where like you'll do whatever you can do in the amount of time you have to do it? Like what's that there's a theory that's something or another you probably can look that one up, Wade. But the but the point being I and you don't have to actually look it up if you don't want to, Wade, <laughs> as you turn your head and go, all right, fine. Um but the you know, but the fact of the matter is I was feeling like a lack of focus, just not truly being able to, to, to hone in on what I wanted to present. Like I just it was it was elusive for whatever reason. And I was wondering how much of that was tied to the marijuana. And like my wife talks about her being foggy the next day. Like for her, when she smokes at night, it it does make her foggier and more tired and those sort of things the next day. So um, I'm just, uh, I don't know because Do I, I know, Richie, you've smoked. So uh, what's been your experience with that? Yeah, well, it's
2: the, I think Marijuana, unlike every other drug, uh, it gets classified as its one thing, but there are lots of different kinds. You know, like alcohol, do you really get a totally different? buzz on wine than mm-hmm. you do on... On hard liquor?
1: On hard liquor.
2: Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're drinking the same amount of alcohol, you're probably going to be feeling fuzzy regardless. There's sulfates and there's other little you're things. You're
1: more likely to take a knife to someone on hard liquor than you are on wine. It, well... I think. I, I think it comes back down to... Not that I've ever done ag-
2: that. <laughs> take a knife to someone? Or yes.
1: T- <laughs> All the above. Yes. It, it just...
2: um, I, I never... I never really liked... Indica mm-hmm.
1: just made you too tired.
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I didn't. I never. Yeah, I just. I don't like. Do You're more of a sativa sluggish. boy. Yeah, if
1: I at mean, all. If at all. If at all. Yeah. You know, if at all, that
2: you. that's what I would usually. Because back to your comment before, it was more like I wanted to just look at something a little different, but still be awake and coherent and not just like you know mm-hmm. nodding off. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it gets classified hey, as one. You know, it's marijuana. So someone could try that and it affects their body totally different. You know, there's hybrids and all that other stuff. But yeah, yeah, I just, I never got into it. So I never really felt that foggy feeling. I got you. What were you going to say, I
1: was
3: just going to say my experiences with it are the same as Richard's. Indica's make me feel sleepy and groggy in the morning. Sativa's not so much. Mm -hmm. And so if it's part of a uplifting party, you know, not a whole lot of effects. But Indica's just... You know, find me a couch. I'm going to sleep for about 14 hours. Hmm.
1: That, that that's the Indica hit for it. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting too because as as people begin to divert, differentiate between THC and CBD, you know, it's funny. I had uh, a, a lot. It's I, I don't know what it is. I, I I still am active on social media. You know, I got my Facebook and my instagrams and those sort of things and some posts get all sorts of engagement and other posts just don't get much at all well the post about um my not smoking for two weeks and what i got actually i think it was that one week when i posted i got quite a bit of engagement and for me you know anything over 100 comments is a lot of comments and typically on my stuff and this is like i don't know 130 comments in or whatever it is but what's interesting is a lot of people because I had said that I was taking it mostly for for sleep, you know, and that's why I was smoking. A lot of people had said, "Hey, kick over to to CBD," and how some of the CBD some of the CBD uh, effects are very very similar. And I will be the first to say that I don't know enough about CBD, but there are people who swear by it. Like there are some properties with CBD that evidently are equal, if not more powerful than the high. So it's basically you get all the same benefits of the THC without the high. Mm-hmm. And so um, having never consumed CBD without it being a component of what is naturally in the the strands of marijuana that I was smoking, I, I don't know. But, but then again, it, it, but then it begs that same question of, so does that then just put you back in addict territory where now you're just simply an addict and are addicted to something else, right. albeit with now a little bit more of a societal acceptable you know type of connotation to it yes wait well
3: and that brings me back to you know we Want to kind of look down on coping mechanisms, you might say? I thought you were going to say cocaine. Yes, coping yeah, yeah. mechanisms. Yes. Um, well, just remember what Robin Williams said. You know you're doing too much cocaine when you pass out doing cocaine, and you, when you wake up, you're still doing cocaine. <laughs> um, but uh, we live in a artificially tense society, mm-hmm. right? So but
1: Artificially so tense? It,
3: it, we gr- For 100,000 years, we lived on the savannas in small little groups, and if you look at the lifestyle of a hunter-gatherer, it's a whole lot more chill than ours. Really? A
0: hundred Going out and hunting a lion? And, uh, yeah, you're not doing you're not that all
1: day.
3: Right? Kill I mean, or be killed? You're not chasing a lion. Here, here real quick. Here, here's the standard. Here was an example of a- <laughs> You are chasing a
1: lion. you're not.
3: You lose that race. Here was an example of a week in the life <laughs> of, a, <laughs> of a primitive tribe back in like the 30s. Okay. Are we talking 1930? Right, 1930s. They went out and studied this primitive tribe. Baby was born in a neighboring village that they were related to. Okay. So they planned on a celebration. So the men went out and hunted and got some food that was going to last them several days. And then they started brewing beer. And then the women went out and gathered some food to get ready for this. Then they headed over to the village, and the men continued brewing the beer. And out of the seven days of the week, they worked like two and a half days and got drunk the other, the rest of the week celebrating the baby.
1: That's Tim Ferriss' original premise yeah, for and the imagine,
2: work. Week. Just go to your grandparents. <laughs> like, we don't have to even go back to the 30s. My grandparents would be like, they're going to have... People come over on Friday, mm-hmm. so they would literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There would be something they would do each day to get ready for Friday. Like we just cram it all into Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
3: So, so we weren't designed <laughs> to live in this industrial society with, hey, where's your project? Five mm-hmm. minutes, come on, need mm-hmm. your project. So, mm-hmm. if we're creating an artificially harmful environment that we can't escape, yeah, to have some minimally negative coping mechanisms, to me again, doesn't seem like that outrageous of a thing.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, I'll I'll, I'll keep you posted. What were you going to say, Richie? You before I so rudely interrupted you there? The, the dose makes the poison. The dose makes the poison. So, too much is a poison. Yeah, too I mean, much. they give you. Snake bite Mm
2: -hmm. or snake venom for the snake bite. Mm -hmm. It's just how much Uh water can kill you. All
1: right, there you go. All right, so uh, again, uh, it's just an interesting conversation, right, around societal connotations and expectations and rights, wrongs, this, that, and the other. Uh, And I don't know. I mean, my jury's still out. I'm not not saying I'm never going to smoke again. I'm just not smoking for for now. How about that? And so. It'll be interesting. I think the next time we chat, I'll, I'll have my 30-day coin, right? And then I'll still keep counting the days here, and we'll, we'll figure it hey, out. Hey, but there. Steve, have yes. you ever
3: experienced a sound
1: off on weed? I know. That's next. All right, my friends. We'll talk to you next time on Reinvention Radio. Take care.
0: so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the reinvention today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the reinvention That's the reinvention workshop.com.